You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Second and 10 from the 19. Jones for the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown. Golden Tate holds it in. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan. Aloha, Grump, from beautiful Maui. I needed to get as far away as possible from Gator football as I could, and I gotta be honest with you, it's been a hell of a 24 hours for me. Uh, It really has. I mean, I get so much going on right now. Obviously, we have, you know, Giants Bucks, which is the focus of this, but... When you get embarrassed again in your college football team, and then we finally fired Dan Mullen this morning, so I'm dealing with that. I set a record for how fast my phone went from you know 100% to 0% based on texts and tweets and following press conferences. It's, it's, <laughs> pretty, it's pretty crazy. So uh, I guess if you're going to be dealing with issues like that, having two bad football teams, you might as well be out here in paradise. So we'll muddle yeah, through this together. The entire audience is just crying their hearts out for you. The best I can offer is I'm drinking a Kona Big Wave. Uh, I don't even know if it's actually based in Hawaii or not, but um, yeah, we're we're all our hearts go out to you in Hawaii, having a tough time with your yeah, college football team. And I'm very brave, and you know, but hey, New York City FC won uh, today. We advanced to the second round of the playoffs, so that's a that's another nice thing. And the Knicks. Barely beat the worst team in the NBA yesterday. So baby steps in my recovery to, you know, to be whole again. I, I am I am glad that you are on the path to healing. Um, I'll yes. say that. Yeah. Beat, beating um, my beating the hated Bucks, we were one of my biggest rivals. It's definitely my biggest rival outside of the NFC East teams. We'll, we'll go a long way towards that as well. Um. Yeah, I think I can. I think I can agree with that. Well, I mean, you know, for our for our sake, I don't know. I, I have a special hatred for Carolina as well. I think I'll carry that one I know. for quite a while. They stole uh, my jersey, not yours, and you're the one I, who's... I, it was, really it was everything. It was the whole crowd there. It wasn't just that one. I mean, that was the icing on the cake, but... Um, also, it could have just as easily... Ha- it could have happened to a stranger in front of me, and I would have been just as mad about it, if I'm being honest. So. Um, but nevertheless, yeah, like you said, this one, this one's the Valari Bowl. This is Monday night, 8.30 at Raymond James. 8.30, 8.20, whatever. doesn't matter. Annoying people are calling the game. That's what's important. And, Who's, um, calling? Who's calling it? I don't know. It's Monday night football. It doesn't matter. All of oh, them yeah. are terrible. Oh, that's right. Um, you know, in my head, I was thinking, there, I don't know where I am anymore. So I was thinking it was the Thursday night game. And I'm like, is it Fox or CBS or whoever? But you're right. We got our, our good friends uh, at, at ESPN doing it. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. Our, our esteemed colleagues. Um, yeah. Um, this is the big one, man. This is this is the game they have to try and win. They're coming off the bye. You know, guys are getting a little bit healthy. Big storyline. It looks like Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley are returning. Uh, both being activated off IR, we expect they've been practicing. Uh, they look pretty good, um, and that's those are two huge additions, man. That's that's a big deal. Well, so this is if they had any shot, this was it. Let's let's be honest. You know, if we want to have any hope for making the playoffs, if if there's any glimmer of hope, you have to win this game because the rest of the division is starting to win games. You know, Philly mm-hmm. is. I'll finally admit they're not the one of the three worst teams in the leagues like I thought they were. Washington is finding ways to win. Dallas is, 
you know, has a nice cushion as of right now. Um, if you want to think of yourself as a playoff, it's, it's not how can everything else lose so we can sneak in. You have to win. And to win, you have to beat good teams to prove you deserve to be a playoff team. And this is an example. Bucks are living on the ropes right now, haven't been playing well. Go out there and win a game. You know, we, we, we've matched up with them the last couple of years. Go, if you're serious, we're getting healthy. Go win and deserve that to have a conversation about the playoffs, no matter how crazy it might seem that we would be in it or not. If you, you know, want to be considered seriously a, a team, not just backing into the playoffs, beat a team that's a playoff team. Yeah, absolutely. And the Bucks are six and three, but they are coming off of two straight losses, which, you know, I hate this stat, and I don't know, I don't know if you're uh, into these kinds of statistics or not, but like. Something like Tom Brady has only ever once lost three games in a row, or something like that. That means nothing to you, right? Nothing. No, it's it, it's you know if you if you want to play with filters, go ahead. But you know that that just proves that he's been on great teams his entire career. And yeah, you know, well, it's not even that so much as yeah, it's, it is just it's a team sport. I mean, I don't take those individual statistics from year to year to year like and attribute them to singular players. I think that's silly. Um. But yeah, I mean, I will say this is, you know, he he is a great player and elevates the people around him, and he's currently on a great team. So I mean, it's not totally irrelevant. It's going to be tough. I mean, the the, the statistic is bullshit, but um, it doesn't you know, matter. But the, th- it, the thing it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to to imagine them losing again. I mean, especially they have some guys returning too. It looks like uh, Gronkowski is going to come back in. Um, you know, they're thinking Scotty Miller. As well, and Sean Murphy bunting. Uh, We're not very good either. <laughs> the other thing too <laughs> is, you know, we are really hoping that you know this and this and this happens, and we get on a roll and this that maybe we make the playoffs. Maybe good teams don't go through the this, this, and this. I mean, we're we're trying to find our way. We're trying to grow and develop as a team, and you know, playoffs would be wonderful. But you know, just line us up, us versus them. They are a better team. So that, that is going to be a, a big problem. Uh, the good thing, though, is this is the perfect time to catch them. Never mind the losing streak. This is kind of that part of the season where, you know, they get out to a nice, you know, where they start off six and two or something. And you get that little midseason doldrums now. Um, last year, this time, they weren't so great either. It's like right around Thanksgiving is when the teams that are serious start to get that momentum and really start to get that playoff push. Uh, so this might be the perfect time before they start really firing all cylinders, you know, for that run to the postseason. So this in the schedule could not have happened at a better time. Yeah, and I'm going to say this. It's not like – I don't know. I don't know if you consider this like trap gamey or overlooking opponents. But even that, that win against Washington was just like a lot of just drop passes. And sometimes – to me, it looked like, you know, maybe being slightly off the – not quite on the same page, but also just sometimes the ball not bouncing your way. Just some days, nothing is, goes Happens. right. And like, uh, yeah, I was like watching that game, and it's not like Washington had all the answers for what they were trying to do. It's not like you know Washington was hitting all these weak spots. It just it felt like they were just dropping everything that was being that they normally catch. They were just dropping. Grump, this is becoming more and more of a wonky league every single year and almost every single week. I mean, who had Indy going into Buffalo and beating the hell out of them? Oh yeah, just beating the Christ out of them. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, who had who had Houston winning today? Uh, yeah, who had Houston winning I this mean, year? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's just it's getting to be more and more like baseball, you know, where it's just the randomness of these individual games. That the talent level in the teams is getting closer and closer. 
the coaching is getting better and better across the entire league. You know, it's in, in preparation in the off season. These these guys are preparing year round. There's more talent coming in. Uh, I think players coming into the league from college are more prepared for the NFL. All these things you factor in is the difference between a Super Bowl contender and a you know a scrub. That gap is just getting smaller every year, and these things are going to happen. Which is good news for a team like the Giants. It's a scrub and is trying to, you know, become a playoff team. It's not hopeless, you know, just, you know, magic marker that L's the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, I will say, though, it's it's a little bit, I don't know. I don't think Washington is like the doldrums of the NFL. They're certainly not very good. But this Tampa Bay team is assembled like a super team. I mean, it really, you bring in the 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 quarterback of all time. You bring him in, and then he just assembles these guys. These are, these are former first-round picks left and right, just coming there, playing on a discount, you know, coming back just to play with Brady. I mean, they really assembled a, a team that was three years ago absolute garbage. Um, and, you know, they bring in one quarterback who then brings in everything, and they get a new head coach, and all of a sudden they, they, they've assembled this cast from around the league. Like Leonard Fournette played, what, one year in Jacksonville? Uh, more than that. The two? two? I don't know. Two? I mean, two something these guys are still on their first round. Yeah, I mean, you get my point, though. I, I don't know. It just... I, well, I think the two things that happened for them that have been very fortunate is that last year they were incredibly healthy. You know, they've been yeah. banged up a little bit this year. Uh, but last year they were incredibly healthy. And then in one of the rarest things you can see in modern-day sports, all 22 starters came back. Yeah. So we, again, again, but that not, speaks to the super team aspect of it. These guys right. are, I mean, not that that's more or less wrong. I'm just saying, you know, you're we're talking about how the difference in the NFL from the upper echelon to the bottom is is getting closer and closer over the years. I agree with that, um, but I mean, this team, they really don't have any excuses. I mean, they're a little banged up, and, and you know, they're secondary. Well, we'll go, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's look yeah, at this team. Yeah, they're not. They're not the greatest team I've ever seen. They're just no, no, they're, they're not. But I mean, yeah. they were definitely assembled that way. I mean, it was it was a pretty easy transition for them to just kind of grand slam Brady, and then he does the rest of the work. But um, you know, I'm going to say this right now: the the biggest weakness on this team is going to be the defense. It's actually hard for me to find anything on their offense that I feel. You know, good about attacking or, or, or some kind of, uh, you know, thing that you can key in on. I don't see, I don't think anything. Um, but the defense, I definitely see something, and especially coming off of Vita Vea's injury. So that, to me, is one of the biggest storylines going into this is that Vita Vea really, really hurt his knee uh, last week, I believe. Yeah, end of um, the game, too. Like, yeah, like yeah, little, yeah little, absolute little. trash, yeah. Um, and he's doubtful to play. I mean, they, I think they got rid of the doubtful designation, but it, no one really expects him to play. And if he can't play, their backup for the nose tackle, that bit, first of all, Vita Vea is much more crucial than I think people realize because he's not Shaq Barrett, because he's not JPP. You know, people tend to overlook him, but Vita Vea might be the best player on that defensive line, if you ask me. Um, and uh, he's, For what he's, he does, it's going to be true, yeah. I mean, in all phases, I mean, it makes it very, very difficult to run on them, uh, and he pushes the pocket. I mean, he is the antithesis of Danny Shelton, if I'm being honest. But um, <laughs> but his well, backup, I mean, Rakeem Nunez Rochas, the only other guy who can truly play that nose tackle, and he's actually, I think, a little underrated as well, is 
expected to play but is questionable. He's got an ankle injury. So to me, right now, you look at the strength of this defense and you've got those outside guys with you know, um, uh, uh, JPP and you've got Shaq Barrett on the other side. And then you look at the, the middle there, the inside linebackers are two of the best inside linebackers in the game. Might be the top two, if you ask me. They have incredible sideline to sideline speed. They're very good in coverage and coming downhill with Levante David, Devin White. But that secondary is not very good. So to me, the way you attack this, stay away from that outside stuff. Let's go right up the middle. That's the avenue to score points, I think. That's the weakness that I see on this team. And then, you know, you've got this average at best secondary that's super duper hurt. Really, really banged up. Yeah, I mean, my biggest fear was, you know, not be able to run the ball at all and having to be one-dimensional and then they just scheme around it. Like, now I think you have the, the potential to run a little bit. Maybe, you know, make the game a shorter game by getting first downs, running the ball, and, and playing for for first downs that uh, you take your shots. So now I, I think it's a lot more feasible than it was at this time, you know, seven days ago. Absolutely. So, you know, like I was saying, like I, I don't think that at full strength that this secondary is very good either. I mean, and this is something I said last year as well, and I'll stick with it because consistency says, or at least statistics say, that they were more bad than good overall. But they just hit some random stride in the playoffs last year. Where they played incredible, and I had to well, eat just out, words. They outscored everybody, and then the, 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 the guess, pass rush yeah. got, re- and the pass rush got really good. Yeah, and I think I think uh, Andy Reid was outcoached in the Super Bowl too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but I mean, so so, I mean, so, so we have, but but they're not even at full strength, right? So Sean Murphy Belting I mentioned is coming back. He's in my opinion, he's average on the outside. Uh, but he's coming out from IR. They don't expect him to play 60 snaps. Or it's like Bruce Arians' quote is like, you know, we expect him to be back, but asking him to play 60 snaps, that's a totally different thing. So they'll use him situationally probably as as the Giants roll out more and more wide receivers onto the field. They'll kind of sub him in in whatever, nickel and dime packages or something like that and give him less playing time, just see how he holds up. But... You know, they, they, they brought in – well, Carlton Davis is still on IR. They brought in Richard Sherman. He's on IR. I mean, they're really not that talented right now. D. Delaney is recovering from a cushion, concussion as well. And if he can't go, they're going to elevate uh, Bleedy Ray Wilson, former Connecticut uh, guy. He's, again, an average corner veteran. Well, you can just stop right there at Richard Sherman. The fact they had to get him off the scrap heap yeah. tells you all you need to know about the depth and where this secondary is right now. I mean – He's hurt is absolutely no surprise. The guy probably shouldn't be in football anymore, but they were desperate and they, they you know, they need to do something. So that, that, that tells you a lot, just, you know, why he's even here in the first place. Yeah. Um, it, I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of get into what I, what I think you can do here. You know, they're really, really fast and a really aggressive defense, Todd Bowles defense. He likes to blitz and exotically, he likes to bring it from different spots. So, it's a good thing that they came from their, their bye week. I hope that Jason Garrett and Joe Judge sat down and, and Freddie Kitchens and they really, really ate the tape up and and kind of are ready to spit it out uh, with, with a plan here because it's not going to be easy and the Giants aren't very good at full strength. They're not even at full strength. You know, they got two guys returning, so they're going to be a little bit rusty as well. You know, don't expect the best game from Andrew Thomas, you know, just as, as a headline there. I mean, aside from the fact that he's playing against either opposite Shaq Barrett or JPP, doesn't really matter which. Um, he's also just coming back, you know, so who knows? And I, gotta, and I gotta be very honest, I have next to no expectations for Saquon Barkley coming back. I mean, if he comes back, you know, 
it's going to be a slow process to get him back towards full strength. And even when he was close to full strength this year, he wasn't really showing much. Again, understandable based on what happened last year. But, I mean, he's not all of a sudden coming back and rerunning for 220 yards. Don't even think about that. Hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. Though, I will say, like I, like I was saying before, to, to me, the key to this game is going to be exploiting running the ball right up the middle. So this may not even be the game for Barkley, if you're asking me. I mean, this might be more of a Devontae Booker thing. Just, you know, real decisive, trust the hole is going to be there, run power, you know, pull guards, whatever it takes, exploit that middle. And, I mean, these these stretch plays that we run with Saquon Barkley, he's not going to outrun Devin White, and he's not going to outrun Devontae David. These guys are too fast and too athletic. But where the push can happen is right at the defensive line. Get those guys to come up and play closer to the line of scrimmage. Get tackled four or five yards. Then hit them with play action. That's how you got to do this one, in my opinion. Do a lot less of the zone read stuff. We're not trying to attack the outside. These guys are too good on the edge. But they are hurt in the middle. And you can use that play action. You can hit those 8 to 15 yard in routes and stuff right behind those linebackers. Get them sucked up. I know I know. there's a bunch of research that you don't have to effectively run the ball in order for play action to work, but I think they have an opportunity to do that in this game. I mean, you can run the ball here and get some opportunity, get those guys sucked up, and get those 18, 8 to 15 yard pass plays in there. Well, Grant, let's, uh, let's look at last year. Like, what worked last year? That was a really close game that we could have and you know, some people think should have won. Like, what worked last year that we could try to, you know, do again this year? Or is it just a whole different uh, circumstance? Uh, you know, I, I I try not to do stuff like that, and I probably should have because so much of the roster and so much of the staffs are actually the same. Uh, so now I'm operating off of memory, and the only thing I can really think of is that Daniel Jones had a particularly bad game that game, um, and there were just mistakes galore. Uh, and if I, I think if those mistakes were cleaned up, they actually had a really good chance to win that game. It was very close. It came down to a failed two point conversion or something, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I remember I don't know, but you know, nevertheless, uh, I you know I, I think I think we you kept the game we, we kept the game close the majority of the game too. So that, that's what I was kind of thinking of how do we how do we make this a shorter game? I think that's the key to winning this a game like this. Well, yeah, play. yeah, a hundred percent. You know, throwing the ball against the secondary is the way to score points, but it shouldn't be the methodology. This, this, this thing that we were doing the last couple of weeks with like the really quick stuff and, and getting the ball out of his hand and 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 trick plays and and moving the pocket and getting Daniel Jones out of the pocket. That was partially to alleviate the bad tackle situation. I'm hoping we're seeing a Matt Parrot on the right side and an Andrew Thomas on the left side that we can not. Please don't do that. I mean, like, these these secondary guys, they can be exploited. They're not very good. Don't give them the added, you know, benefit of playing everything in front of them. Like, get them turned. Get their hips turned. Get them running. Especially because it's Todd Bowles. He likes to run a lot of man coverage stuff because he likes to blitz. When you run man coverage that plays to a particular strength of Daniel Jones, you go back to his first start ever in Tampa Bay. How did he win that game? Man coverage, the Red Seas parted, and he can scramble for the middle. Don't do the zone read shit. That doesn't that's that's not gonna exploit the same things. 
Get cornerbacks turned around. Get them running away. Get the linebackers covering Saquon Barkley on an out route. Let let Daniel Jones scramble. If you look at the Eagles game and the way the Eagles kept it close with Tampa Bay this year, a lot of Jalen Hurts scrambling, not design runs. But it's kind of by design that you run these plays knowing that you will have, like, you know, you you set it up. Like Daniel Jones, he knows where the routes are, where guys are going to be far away. You know, you've got a flat route out here and everybody else is running deep here. If it's man coverage, there's going to be nobody in the flat there. That's going to be guaranteed couple yards if you can break the pocket. That's the kind of thing that will work against a Todd Bowles defense. You get man coverage, you exploit it with scrambling, you know, or, or, I mean, we never do it, but friggin' mesh routes and things like that. Yeah. Um, what a Todd Bowles defense. What is the things to really look for from him? Like, what's the, what's his tendencies? What is his specialties? Well, I can tell you this year. Like, he likes the blitz. Like I said, he likes blitzes. He likes them to be exotic, and he likes them to come from strange places. Um, and he he just he loves to do it. He's gonna keep doing it, and he's gonna attack. Man, he's an aggressive aggressive guy, but. It's all going to be in the direction it comes from. So this is going to be a lot of pre-snap work, I hope, to kind of identify blitzes and where they're coming from. Um, Stunt work, I would expect some of that as well. Uh, Like I said, I mean, he likes to control the sideline to sideline stuff. He's got the talent for it, so he's doing it. But to me, to me, what this is the game that we paid Kenny Galladay for. You know, I don't care if Daniel Jones is under pressure. If you have man coverage with Kenny Galladay, let's use him. These corners aren't that good. I don't care if he's covered. Let him earn his paycheck. He's good at what he does. He can make contested catches. He's a big guy, and he's a strong guy. And you know what? Here's the other thing I'll say about Todd Bowles' defense. They're they're too aggressive. Um, They can really be tripped up by hard count variations and things like that. A lot of undisciplined, um, you know, just jumping. A lot of jumping off sides. Use that, and then, you know, you can let that play to your strength as well. This team needs everything you can get. A free five yards is a hell yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And then the, the last thing is you got to time up deep shots. I mean, they're not good in the back end. They try to make everything quick to keep it in front of them. Get them deep. So I know that we're not in a position right now to do some nine-step, 11-step drop and throw bombs off. And so, but we, you got to do one per drive. And time them up when you think it's right. If they don't have to catch it. I mean, they're not good, and they get beat a lot. That means a lot more penalties. And that's as good here's, as a completion. Here's to, to kind of, you know, parry off what you just said about using their aggressiveness against them. If it's fourth and two, line up to go for it. Like, let's not play this uh, conservative style of, okay, you know, we're just going to punt and play field position or something. Let's try to get them beat them at their own game. Let's try if we can get them to jump. Let's try to do some hard counts. Let's try to be aggressive. You know, let's try to extend drives that way. I think we can we can use that against them. Instead of, you know, if it's fourth and one on the 45-yard line, instead of just automatically bringing out the punt team, let's see if we can create something out of nothing. You know, that's... The only way you're going to win these games is if you maximize the amount of possessions you have and, you know... And, and, and try to win that way. So I, I am definitely an advocate of, especially on the road, you know, the season is kind of, if you, again, like I said before, if you want to try to make a, a playoff run, you have to win games like this. You have to get out of your comfort zone. And I think with Joe Judge, we've seen those conservative tendencies. I think 
those plays on the margin, the fourth and shorts, go for it. What do you think? Not only go for it, but if if you are going to try and just I, I I understand what you're saying about going for it and also using the hard count. Um, but if your plan is to fake it with the hard count, like run up there, like don't make it obvious that you're faking it. They do this thing yeah. where like it, it's just even I know like I'm not even expecting a play call and and. Like just just have the fourth down play ready to go. You know what I mean. That's and I know that some funny. of this, yeah, yeah, no. And I've I've been I'm right on board with you. I've been saying this for a number of years. This extends actually all the way back to the Coughlin era for me. Is if you're not going to go for it, at least make it look convincing like you're going to. You know right. th- this half-assed trot out there and like the center's not doesn't have his hand on the ball and and stuff like that. Like that fools nobody. Waste. And all you've done is waste my time. Yeah. So exactly. – and like I understand that the delay a game might help for a better punt scenario and you want that anyway. But still you can make it convincing. Right. Um, but the thing is maybe the mentality should not be better placement for the punt but – Oh, yeah. I, try, I agree try, with that to, for sure. Trying to extend a drive. Trying to have another opportunity to score. This team is not a big play team. They have to grind out these possessions and – you only get so many possessions when you have to grind out every possession. So you should try to maximize the potential for scoring on each possession. So to me, I think it's being out of that comfort zone and being more aggressive. Yeah. I, and I'm like wondering, like, is giving Brady – like the fear of giving Brady a short field, does it really matter that much? I mean, I, mean, I, know, I guess you know what? I, no, I'm yeah, giving him too gets, much fucking credit. No, I, yeah, no, I, I. It's every quarterback, though. I mean, every you know that that if you have that fear of giving them this, you're playing defensive, and you're playing, you're not playing. What I refer to all year long is the modern NFL. The the modern NFL is have as many opportunities to score as you can get, and trying to maximize when you do, and being afraid of them trying to score is not helping you score. Yeah, you know what? I, I take I, I was going down a path that I don't like, and, and I agree with you. Yeah, you know what? And and Tom Brady, forget this. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's not going to be fooled by things, right? I mean, Bruce Arians is a real smart guy. He's not going to be fooled by things. We're going to trip him up, but you can't come in, and I don't think that we're going to come in with a singular game plan of how to stop this offense. You come in there with, here's our game plan, and when they adjust to that, here's our adjustment to that, and when they adjust to that, here's That's the only way you can do this because Tom Brady has shown throughout his entire career that the one thing that he is really good at is just completely flipping the script in the middle of a game and until it, and, and not only does it work, it like works like a charm. Um, I mean, look no further than the Super Bowl against the Falcons. I know there's a million reasons for that, you know, whatever. The, who, who is the OC for the Falcons then? Sarkeesian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, I know Sarkeesian, that the no, Sarkeesian's with Texas now. Yeah, but I mean in he that was. Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. But yeah, I, I know the Falcons came out at halftime and they phoned it in, and that's kind of why they lost. But I mean, that's not entirely why they lost. Um, Brady has shown time and time again that he can adjust. So this is a great game to be playing coming off a of bye week. I hope that the coaches spent time really coming up with a plan for this one because I think they can be had, and not only. Dude, the Giants need this win. I mean, it's... No. I mean, that's it. The Giants need this win. That's it. It doesn't matter. I don't care if they're playing the New Jersey Generals. Uh, They need to win this game. 
It's it's not even about the fact that that the Bucks are six and three and that it's Tom Brady and they just won the Super Bowl. It's not even really about that. They could be playing the Jets tomorrow. They could be playing anyone. They need to win every game. They they, they cannot lose more than two more games. Rest of the year, they can't. Not if they they're trying to be serious. So I know right. that this is probably the hardest one left on the schedule. I know we have Dallas again too. That one's going to be pretty tough. But got to go in there swinging, come out yeah. with a win. I, I don't and really. Also, it, and just make us make me a believer that they actually deserve to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. If yeah. if you're gonna somehow if you're gonna somehow sneak in at seven and uh, you know eight and nine or something, but you haven't beaten anybody good, well, are you really a playoff team or are you just one because you know everybody else sucks? I mean, give me some reason to believe that you deserve to be in the playoffs and not like oh whatever. Well, they they made it, I guess. Like I don't want that feeling. That's just as bad as not being in the playoffs. Might as yeah. well not make it and uh, get a better draft pick if that's the way we're going to kind of back into it somehow. Let's earn our way in. And, you know, one of the things about this offense that makes it really tough for me is that um, they're just pretty good everywhere. I mean, they, they have – first of all, their running back room is insane. I mean, I, yeah. I don't even know what to say about how good their running back room is. And they don't even really care that much about running the ball. They can't. They they just they run the ball when passing isn't working, and it's just it just. Oh my God, this team is amazing. You know what I mean? Uh, the, you know their wide receiver group without Antonio Brown, it's not the best. Uh, you know Godwin's really good. Mike Evans is pretty good, though. I think Mike Evans has at least two non-called OPIs per game. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Like he just gets like a free pass, but he has his whole career. It's not like Brady related or anything like that. He just. A big physical guy, and I guess he just doesn't get those calls. But whatever. Um, you know, getting Gronk back, they have a really good tight end room between Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard, and Gronkowski. I mean, that's probably the best tight end room in the league, right? Mm-hmm. I would say so. To me, what though, it, it, th- this game, it doesn't matter about any of that. The first rule of playing Brady is pressuring Brady, and any way you can get to him is a good way to get to him. Right, I mean that's to me that's the first way you play Tom Brady is get in his face, get right in his face, throw your arms up in the air, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. He's, hit not, him. he's not moving. He's not moving six inches off his mark. If you can make him uncomfortable in there, it's a whole different ball game. The problem is most teams can't. Yeah, and but we're not should, real good at it. Priority one, two, and three. Right. Yeah. So and, and he's real good at being smart. You know, if if we're always bringing five guys, he's gonna if he can figure out where the fifth guy is coming from, he knows whatever route is there, and he is not afraid to throw the ball away. He's very smart with the football, so you actually do have to hit him. You can't just pressure him. He's not one to. He's not Eli Manning, who was totally happy with just chucking it down the field and letting his wide receivers win when he had one-on-one coverage. Because sometimes that would be an interception. Sometimes it would be a really great completion. Brady is much more cautious with things. And he'll throw it away. He'll check it down. You know, he, he knows where all the hot routes are. So you got to actually hit him. And you got to hit him hard. Because he's not going to give you free turnovers. So what do we do? What's happening on, on Monday night? Uh, well, you know, I'm hoping that we come at him with a, a variety of different coverages. We, we, we don't stick with the single game plan on defense. You know, we, we keep trying to throw different looks. And it's not going to be easy with Logan Ryan out. I don't want to skip over that before I jump to my pre- prediction here. But Julian Love in place of Logan Ryan is a stopgap solution that is actually pretty good. It's fine, you know, in a case of an emergency. But this COVID shit, 
sucks because going into this game, believe me, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady know to look for the weakness there, and that is going to be a downgrade. We've seen it with Julian Love in coverage. He's not as good. You know, it it just is. He's a fine player, but he's not that good. So it's not going to be easy, and I'm hoping on offense that we have some chutzpah, that we've timed up our deep shots and we take them, and that we, we commit to hitting them where they're weakest because they're a pretty strong team. I don't think that we are good enough to pull this off, and my my big concern is that uh, the defense is just on the field too long. Uh, I think this one's fairly close until the end. Tampa Bay pulls away. I have us losing thirty three to twenty four. Interesting. Uh, well, if you guys watch the show every week, you know I haven't picked us to win in about uh, six years, probably. Um, <laughs> But seriously, uh, I look at this game as very similar to how I saw us coming to the Kansas City game, where Kansas City, you know, was limping coming in, uh, you know, literally and figuratively. They were kind of a mess coming in, and <laughs> the Bucks may not be in that same situation now, but they they are in a little bit of a a lull right now, a little bit of a bleh, getting ready for you know the playoff run coming up. I think this week's going to be a little different. I again. This league is so wonky. You know, I'm looking at these games. I'm looking at Buffalo. I'm looking at teams like that. And we haven't had that kind of how did we win this game this year like we did with Seattle last year. And I have a hunch this is going to be it. We hmm. we played we played the Bucks tightly the last couple of years. And even last year, that was a, a game we really could have won. You know, they went on to, you know, get on a hot streak, win the Super Bowl, like that happens with really good teams that get really great at the end of the second half of the year. Hell, the Giants have two Super Bowls on their uh, mantle right now that are the result of pretty decent teams that got hot in, in, in later on in the year. That doesn't mean they you know, still aren't what they are. I just have a hunch we're going to come out and we're going to win this game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be kind of ugly. I think you're going to see some frustrated Tom Brady, frustrated at his own – teammates as much as he has with the execution of the Giants I I just feel like this is something weird out there maybe it's because the lunar eclipse last week maybe because you know I am just been drinking Kona's all weekend and the sun's been beating on my head I am gonna say we're gonna win a low scoring game give me a 1917 win I'll give you any type of win you want um you know, I, I certainly hope so, and I could see it going that way. To me, I just think that there's only there's only one of two ways this goes. It's real, real close, or we're getting our ass kicked, and that's just you know that I, I don't see the in between where we're we're beating them up or or anything like that. I, I I just think it's it's either really close or we're just getting destroyed. Um, to me, my big fear is that with Logan Ryan out, it's a glaring weakness we don't have a great answer for because it's not like he's getting hurt in the middle of the game. I mean. There's not a whole lot of coaching up you can do for Julian Love, and you know Tom Brady and company are are having they have time to develop a plan for this. Um, you know, I, I just and 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 it might just be a little too early for for Andrew Thomas to be handling the likes of Barrett or JPP. You know, first game back, I, I don't know. It, we haven't seen it, so I mean, his practice on the side is not really part of practice because he hasn't been activated off of IR yet. So I mean, we have no reports of how he's looked other than he's doing this. He's 
doing this are, drill, etc. So, are we sure he's playing? We're not we sure. Like- we're not sure, but we're sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's there's a there's a chance he's a game time decision, but he it the the indications are very likely that both um, Thomas and Barkley are active. How much they play, I don't know. What if what if he doesn't play? Does your prediction change? We're boned if he doesn't play. I don't. I don't know. I mean, they they have really. I mean, okay. So Andrew Thomas's injury is not of the variety like a, a you know a severely sprained ACL or anything like that. From what I understand, it's just one really hurt ankle. He was playing on it, and then he hurt his other ankle. He now has no feet. You know, so he was out for a pretty short period of time. The three week IR, he got an extra week because of the bye week, so he only missed three games. Three games, you can come up with a game plan that kind of keeps Daniel Jones alive and you stay competitive in the game. Those three games were not against teams of this caliber or defenses of this caliber. I mean, I just, I don't see a scenario in which Nate Solder and Matt Parrott are playing significant time and it going well for us. I mean, you might maybe get a drive out of it. I don't know. I, I just... To be honest with you, I'm impressed with what they were able to execute the last three weeks, how they have. I mean, they really were not built to sustain the amount of injuries in the offensive line that they have this year. They weren't there yet for that. So, no, yeah, does it change my prediction? Not the, not anything but the score, but yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Around the league? Around the, uh, around the NFC East? Yeah, real quick, Washington uh, took care of business against Carolina. I think we, I think we all know Carolina is just about where we are as a franchise. You know, they are somewhere in between getting there. Um, the media just kind of jumped all over their fast start, but also Christian McCaffrey is a big part of yeah, you know, just the same as yeah. Saquon Barkley. He's a big part of their offense. So they need a quarterback. When he's a, I mean, going forward, they need a quarterback, and of they're going to be treading water until they get a quarterback. Yeah. And and again, Washington is winning this game without Chase Young. I I do think that that dooms their playoff chances. But uh, you know, you know they were they were kind of operating without a quarterback as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and then flipping over to Philadelphia, they took care of business. New Orleans. I I wasn't able to watch that game. That one wasn't available for me. So I don't really know what happened there. But they really took care of business. I know they have no quarterback in New Orleans though. So once again. I'm begging all of you uh, Just Giant fans out there, get that GoFundMe page to get the grump. The, uh, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, I was enjoying I was watching the Jets and Dolphins earlier. I was enjoying it, actually. I like watching I, the Dolphins. I'm ready to uh, to admit that I was wrong about Philly. I've been saying all offseason and pretty much up until this point, I thought they were one of the three worst teams in the league. Congratulations, Philly. You're not one of the three worst teams in the league. Still bottom 15. Bottom 15, but... Uh, yeah, they're showing a little, a uh, little gumption and, and and little, you know, resiliency in winning some of these games. For you know, sure, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, again, we we're not going to get into the tanking debate, but you know, their future lies in all these draft picks they have coming up, and you know, it's good for us that they're winning these games because they may not be, you know, those picks may may not be as elite elite as you know they could potentially would be for winning some of these games, but they are building a winning culture and a winning culture is very important to the success of your coach and going, going forward. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Them winning also ruins the draft picks a little bit, but also if Howie Roseman is the one draft, to me is not very good at building the draft. I mean, I don't, I don't think Howie Roseman is as good of a GM as a lot of other people seem to. So, um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, if he, if he keeps his job and he's the one making the picks, then that certainly helps us as well. Um, I don't really honestly care about Philadelphia until we play them, though. Uh, right now, with the team as it is, I'm worried about the Giants winning games. Uh, I hate Philadelphia, so I, I don't have the energy or time to deal with them if we're not playing them uh when we're good and i don't have to worry as much i can focus more about my hatred of the other teams but right now mine is more uh hoping that the giants can get their their collective shit together um yeah. so i mean that was that wasn't the most peppy ending to the episode sorry about no, that I mean, the, the bottom line grump is that if this team you know if you're still in the camp of we can maybe still possibly make the playoffs the most important thing for this Giants team, it's not what Philly does, not what Washington does, not what Dallas does, not what Carolina or any other these teams. This team has to win. Yeah. And that 100%. winning starts Monday night. And mm-hmm. it's getting late quickly. And if you want to run off that string of – like we did last year having like, – I think it was a four-game winning streak that put us in position in November and December. Got to start now. Yeah. So let's, Now's the time to do it, off, Let's start it off against a team I really hate and uh, let's make it happen. Yeah. All right. So the game is Monday night at around 8.30 or whatever it is for Monday Night Football, sometime around 8. Um, and uh, I don't know. When are we going to do our reaction video, our, our review? Might be able to crank one out uh, Wednesday morning. I, I'll get up early and uh, we'll, we'll make it happen. All right. So there you go. Next episode yeah. will be Wednesday, hopefully. And uh, yeah. yeah. But we'll see you guys then. Till then, go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.